morning, afternoon, evening, depending what time of day you're listening to it. Welcome back yet again. So every now and again, I like to invite friends who I enjoy chatting to. We've got no set topic. We literally just press record, forget that the recording is leaving running, and then we chat away, hopefully with the things we say, making a semblance of sense. And that's exactly what I did with Radina Nedialkova, or Radi, as most people know her. She is a psychologist, HR expert, certified career consultant, and virtual lecturer with a number of years of international HR experience. What we talked about is something quite close to our hearts. It's, it's very representative of what we're both going through at the time of the recording, and that was about striking the balance between life and work. We talk about the importance of having that balance, how to achieve that, and what that means. We talked about how organizations, how we believe organizations, should support their people in helping them strike that balance. We also talked about the future of remote work and where we see this going, whether it's going to be coming back to the office all the time, or uh, fully remote or, or hybrid. And also we had a bit of a laugh at ourselves that we sometimes think we are a little bit unhinged with our belief that organizations should do more to look after their people. And that we think or we believe that this should be the norm rather than the exception that it is at the moment. I truly hope you enjoy listening to this episode as much as we did enjoy recording it. Here's my chat with Radi. We got this showcases individuals and organizations that create people-focused workplace cultures to help it become the norm rather than the exception. It's something that will require a mindset shift and probably not something that any of us can do alone. But together, together, we got this. So what do you have on your mind? What shall we talk about? When's the last time we spoke? November last year? Yes, it yeah, was just before Christmas. Yeah, I'd say probably yeah. in November. I'm curious what's been going on with you. How things? Things are good. Things are good. I can't complain. I mean, ultimately, I, I set up a new goal for myself this year, and it's all about balance. And one needs to know their limits. And I guess when you're a solopreneur, because there is a difference between entrepreneur and solopreneur, right? If you have your own business, you get such a buzz out of it. You push yourself really hard. You know it yourself. You work long hours. You are, you tend to say yes. And recently a lady asked me, okay, what's your biggest learning being a solopreneur? And I said, you know what? Fighting that demon myself. Because it was such a struggle to figure out what am I good at? How should I position that on my website? What kind of partner should I work with? What is even my pricing strategy? Should I say no? Should I say yes? And I ended up really overworking myself for, for nearly two years. I had an amazing 2020 despite all odds. And I decided for myself 2021, you know what? I'm going to hit the pause button more often. I'm just going to prioritize being healthy, sleeping well going back to the basics and still enjoying what I'm doing, which I guess creating and maintaining this balance of, oh yeah, I get stuff to do, you know, I'm paid for that. And then, oh, I need time for relaxing. That's probably the golden balance that is so difficult to find. I'm on the way, I'm on the way for sure. But yes, for me, that's a priority this year. 
that sound that sounds so good, so healthy. I really like that. It's it's been it's been difficult for me as well, but I'm guessing for a lot of people, you, in a way, you said that yourself. 2020 has been an interesting year for a lot of people. It's been tragic for a lot of people. It's been kind of you know you just kind of go with the roll with the punches. Other people, it's been opportunities for growth. It seems that it's been like that for you. It's definitely been like that for me. But the boundaries between work and home non-existent because with one and we're doing one in the same in the same place and i find it so difficult sometimes to to separate the things i'm in this lucky position like even now i'm in this lucky position that i love what i do and like launching this podcast and working on all of this i could genuinely be working for 15 16 hours a day just doing because there's so much to do and i've got the energy to do it it's not i'm not i'm I'm kind of pushing i have to be really motivating myself no it's just flowing but i have to stop myself i genuinely bloody do because if I don't, I know this is, I've, I've overdone it yesterday, flat out, done it, overdone it. Work, got up early in the mornings, did a bit of work here, took a bit of break in the afternoon, did did a jolt for three hours yesterday as well. And then for another two or three hours, I, I thought, oh, I'm watching a football game. You know what? Something I don't normally do, I'm watching the game. I'd sometimes browse the internet on the side, something like that. Yesterday, I thought, you know what? I'll, I'll just finish off a couple of tasks that I can do with kind of half the attention span. And I did. So the, the game was an hour and a half or two hours, let's say. I was working for three hours until 11 p.m. Just like, shit, why did I do that? See, but it's you, just one of the... But that's, that's it. See, you are a perfect example of positive burnout because you actually have the energy, you have the desire, it pumps you up and you're thinking, gosh, I can do more, I can do more, I can do more. But at certain point, this is not sustainable. Yes, Absolutely. if you have one day in a week like that, totally fine. Use this energy to create amazing stuff, which you do. But if this becomes a, a trend, because a lot of a lot of what we do is is new projects, new clients, new stuff, activities here and there, and they all give you the buzz. But at some point, you start realizing, oh my gosh, I'm starting to feel really, you know, the fatigue is real. I can't sleep properly. I'm either gaining weight, losing weight, whatever, and you don't really feel that well. And I did realize that exactly after a series of great activities, I was on the wave, I was riding the wave, I was like this surfer thinking, oh my gosh, I'm the coolest person here. And all of a sudden I dropped down and I was like, how did that hit me? Positive burnout. It's like it's like a high. It's like a drug, basically. You're high on just like the excitement or whatever the hormones are in your body do it doing that. And I'm so aware of that. I'm so aware of that. I that's what I've been doing for the past few uh, few weeks. Literally limiting myself to you know six eight hours of solid work and breaking it up and working. You know having a having a balance there. Yes, it's a more intense period. I did have the same thing in in December when I wanted to finish a few things off. That didn't that didn't end well because I was genuinely knackered. But then I took two nearly two weeks off. Uh, day before Christmas Eve, email out of office on. Did not touch my laptop for two weeks. And you know what? Very good, very healthy. But that's 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 the I, I could I could do that because that's what I've been doing for many many years. That I take that Christmas New Year's break off every single time, so I just replicated that. But we that's not sustainable either. You can't be working your your ass off for for three weeks, two months, a stretch or whatever, then taking two weeks off. It's about that balance, isn't it? Within the space of a week rather than the space of a quarter. That makes more sense. Exactly. And I pushed myself to say, okay, you know what, Wednesdays. 
are going to be a bit more pleasure day. So I have my singing lesson. I usually have uh, an hour meeting with a friend or someone that I can just chit chat. It doesn't have to be on Zoom. I'm actually doing a lot more walk and talk conversations where we're on the phone. I'm in the nature doing something and I'm actually much more focused in what you're saying. And you and I have done one like this in, in November, but uh, I, I'm pushing myself and I'm saying no to activities on Wednesday. Wednesday is my day where I can actually recharge my batteries. I don't have to wait for the sacred weekend. Oh my gosh, what's your plan for the weekend? Well, my plan for the weekend, I have no idea. Like I'm going to chill. I might work. I might end up working, but I'm pushing myself to have additional day and that's Wednesday. It works for me. It's a non-linear working um, hour. You said it yourself that you end up working until 11. My peak of productivity is morning until 12. Then I need two hours of like rest or just staring in, in you know, somewhere blank or just listening to nice meditation. Then I get a, another two hours where I feel productive and after six o'clock, just don't bother me. But a lot of the times you said it yourself. Now, especially in this kind of situation, we are on lockdown number three or four in Ireland. I, I stopped counting at this stage. But the boundaries are so washed up. You, you just don't know. You work from home, you live from home, you cook your, your food at home, your partner is at home, everything is at home. It's just so mixed up. It's incredibly difficult to establish healthy boundaries. And I'm sure it's not only us. It's a lot of people that are listening and that uh, have the same struggles. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been tough. It's been tough. And I've been speaking to a lot of people. They say, they, say, they, often, say, they often think, oh, I'll just do another 20 minutes. It's fine if it's 20 minutes every now and again, but first of all, it's never, it's never 20 minutes. It's usually an hour. That's what it turns out to. And it's not every now and again. It's every day, every other day or things like that. The the 11 the eleven p.m. that I did yesterday was the first time in a year probably that I'd, I've done that. And the only reason I would probably be in, bed, be in bed way earlier if it wasn't for the football game because that didn't finish till half 10. So that's kind of my excuse. So I would have watched that game anyway. I normally go to bed about 10, do a bit of reading, and that's that. That's that. So yesterday I pushed it, and yeah, I did something I normally do, don't normally do, and I don't think I'll do it again anytime soon. But yeah, it's, it's, it's sometimes difficult, especially because there's that pressure. Sometimes we have to do stuff because we have to do it, because we, we've got our boss breathing down our neck, and, and we have to get it done. On the on the other side, I'm on, the, as I say, that's positive bur- potential for positive burnout. I'm really loving what I'm doing. I just want to get it, get it done because I know that this is a push of a, of a few weeks when then i can scale back a little bit but that's the issue we don't scale back what the new i'm afraid of using the word the term new normal because it's been abused for so much time but this actually is not it the the, the stress levels rise anxiety levels levels rise when something's happening and because okay that's that's fine it's temporary it will pass but what what often happens, and we don't realize, they do drop down, but they don't drop down to the original level. They drop down somewhere above. And when you, you multiply that, compound that over a year's time, even when they drop after 12 months, they are already twice as high as they used to be. And that's that's a real problem. Absolutely. And you know what? There is a, a joke. I don't even think it's it's a joke, but that at the moment, internet companies and counselors are the richest people right? Because everyone needs internet and like solid internet connection, electricity, whatever. And then also we are paying to sustain our mental health. And I did start working with a a new counselor last year, exactly because of what you just mentioned, the stress levels, they 
keep on rising because there is such a level of uncertainty, ambiguity around you. Even if you are in your bubble at home, you don't socialize, right? You don't see other people. You don't watch the news, which is my own choice. I specifically have decided not to do that because I think it's very overwhelming. Despite all odds, I still feel inundated by everything, all the vibes that are around me because we all vibrate in a much more negative way. We are tired. We are scared. So it's, it's, as you said, it's that anxiety that is pretty overwhelming. So what do you do then? To be honest with you, like I obviously I started baking sourdough. I started going back to the garden. So I have my own veggies that I'm growing. I'm cooking. I'm doing lots of other stuff. But at some point you're like, well, what's the essence? Where am I going? And that kind of positive jump, something nice happens and you stick to it as if it's the last thing you're going to do you basically throw your anxiety in a different direction and it hits you like a boomerang. But not everyone can realize that. I didn't realize it until it hit me hard. And you said the same thing, like before Christmas, because you were waiting for these two weeks of holiday, but that's not how the body operates. You're not saying, hey, now you're switching off for two weeks. Don't worry, everything will be fine after that. We'll start January fresh and new. That doesn't happen. No, you're right. You're right. It's it's scary. I know what you mean about not following the news and trying to kind of rebalance yourself and get to that point. It is we have to have those situations. But you actually you said that we are investing more in mental health. Are we? Because I I think yes, you're right. We are a little bit, but hundred percent certain we're not doing it enough, and the pe- people in, individually are not doing it enough. I again, I've been working with with a therapist, a counselor for for many years just to help me deal with the day-to-day. Yeah, we work out some stuff that was there in the past and, and all that, which is always helpful. But even discussing the day-to-day stuff, dealing with anxieties, what's going on at work and relationships and friendships and you, you name it, it's so helpful because you've got somebody to, to talk to in a, in, a, in a more structured way. Yes, your friends are great that you can talk to. You can kind of uh, lean on them and, and tell them and be vulnerable with them. That's fantastic. You can't underestimate that. But working with a professional, that I think it's a different level. And especially if you do it regularly, once a week, same time, and you just kind of work through uh, stuff that's going on. And it's it's invaluable, in my opinion. And I think more and more people should be doing that. And more and more, I think organizations should be paying more attention to that. That's the, that's the thing. Because I've worked in a number of organizations, and I'm trying to think now. There was definitely one that did offer mental health support. There was a helpline, you know, there was access for a counselor, a counselor which is brilliant. I'm trying to think of other organizations, but I can't because I never kind of was looking that way. Maybe because I already had my support and I never, I never inquired about it, whether they had it. But I don't know. What's your take? Do you see many organizations going down that route? Yes, thank God. And like the, the mental health topic, same like other topics from last year, such as diversity, inclusion and belonging, is back on the table. Finally, because I did have this struggle and I'm going to go back to your question, but coming from a country like Bulgaria, right, people are very critical. They perceive psychologists as, you know, you only go there if you're absolutely crazy, right? And I do have quite a, a, a lot of friends of mine that are business psychologists, similar to me. They want to work with businesses to help them create a healthy environment. And before, in 2018, 2019, these colleagues of mine were saying, companies completely say no to us. They don't even pick up the phone. They refuse meetings. 2020 hit. You know what happened? And not only in Bulgaria, I'm seeing that here in Ireland as well. I'm seeing it in the UK as well. 
those people are actually now inundated by requests for offers because people are screaming that they need that. It used to be in Ireland, and, and that's to your question, because I'm also coming from large American corporations, they always had this EAP, Employee Assistance Program, right? And we knew that we have six free or six or eight counseling sessions, right? But it, you know that it's part of your package. You never really explore it, right? Unless something really, really major, um, unfortunately, happens in your life. But what I'm seeing is that so many more companies are now opening up and they're saying, oh, yes, we're going to pay for your Calm or Headspace application for the next two years. By the way, get Mental Health Friday. Every second Friday in the month is a day off for the whole organization. They're bringing counselors to have different talks around financial health, around savings, pension health, everything related to the different aspects that can bring your anxiety high. All of a sudden, 2020 boosted that very core human need of oh my gosh, I need to look after my brain and my soul the same way I'm looking after my body. So no one can go to gyms now, right? No one can do that. But everyone is is opting in for virtual Zoom yoga sessions or whatever, plus meditation. All of a sudden, everything is about uh, mindfulness, well-being, mental health. These are the three phrases that I see everywhere with all my clients, corporate and individual clients. Everyone is talking about that. So for me, I'm incredibly grateful and happy that at least the narrative is back on the table. And countries like Bulgaria that are traditionally against this kind of support because we don't want to be perceived as weak, right? They are now saying, yes, I need that. And I would benefit from it. Me as leader, I as leader, as a manager, and also my teams, from me being stable and healthy. Exactly. Magic, right? You, you invest a bit of time, a bit of effort in that, and, and amazing things happen. The, the thing that you said about kind of people meditating, the, it's something that often people say, I don't have the time. And just made me, made me think about 2020 in general. That's one of the first realizations I had very early on back in March 2020 was that this is the ultimate opportunity because the world is literally slowing down. It's still spinning, thankfully in the right direction, but it is massively slowing down. So all the things that we didn't have time to do because we were running to see friends, to go out, to go to cinemas, go to the gyms and all sorts of things, all that important stuff that is part of our social lives, often was actually creating a space for anxiety because we have to do this thing. We have to run from one to two, to the next one, to the next one, to the next one. And you're constantly rushing and doing stuff. And that all stopped. And all of a sudden, you have to focus on your, your nearest surroundings, the people you live with, your, your, your other half, your, your family, whoever it might be, or yourself. Because there's no, what I like to call, what the, all the things that I've described that are part of our social life, I also consider them massive distractions. Distractions from looking at ourselves, at kind of giving ourselves that time, finding that balance that you've mentioned distractions from all all that stuff that we do are distractions from from all that and this this is what something that i think 2020 if that doesn't if you didn't take the opportunity there you you missed out i think massively massively because now the the world yes it's still lockdowns number 14 22 whatever it is depending on the country you're in 
but it's still kind of you know more more things are kind of semi-open like delivery or shops are open you know for a couple of weeks then they close and things like that so there's there's more right and 2020 was full-on lockdowns nothing and we i think that was a, the, a, an opportunity in a crisis absolutely silver lining right and and you're so right in in saying that i think the biggest challenge, the most difficult battle is really what you just said, staying with yourself. And and that's an issue that not only people with anxiety have, not only uh, single people or people with two, three, five kids, one kid, and not only younger generation, generation Z or older generation, everyone went through very similar set of emotions, of uh, perceptions of learning curves, as you said, reflective mode. If you've had a you know a, a blast in your face to realize, well, yeah, I mean, the world doesn't spin in the same way. So there you go. You need to embrace some kind of changes. Not everyone was ready for that, and and those who were able to convert this into an opportunity, obviously, this will be the more agile, flexible people that will be able to bring themselves to the next norm i'm not even saying the new norm what's the next thing there i'm i'm yeah i'm to be honest i'm really hopeful for holograms soon because with this kind of isolation and loneliness it seems like these companies should really push harder on that one my thing is uh, teleportation that would be really really cool because then because literally think about it that actually solves the problem of potentially uh, contaminating you know catching anything any virus anything from people as you travel because if you want to go from the UK to Australia that's a 24 hour flight that's a few hundred people that you're going to be locked in a metal tube for a long time and then people you're going to mix with it if we had a teleport a it would be much quicker uh, probably but most of all it would be just one end to the other you're there and then you can go straight into your friend's place or hotel and whatever so it would be really cool i wonder how far away we're at from that time space but, continuum that's it yeah but albert einstein was onto something but i think just no one really picked it up afterwards but you know i'm sure there's people working on this so to to all of you who are all the best but please hurry up fingers crossed one thing i wanted to ask you um, relating to what you said earlier about what the or everything that the organizations are doing playing devil's advocate i don't think it's enough or not, in, not enough companies do it yet. When do you think what is being done become goes from being sort of an exception to being a norm? Hmm. And, and that's a great question. Why? Because what I observed actually is, and you and I have been working remotely. This is not new for us, right? But Google basically were the first ones to say, ah, people are not going to go back to their offices anymore. And all of a sudden... Right, because Google is such an influential, influential player on the global scene, regardless of whether it's tech space or any other companies. All of a sudden, number of companies announced remote first strategy. We're moving entirely remote. We're going to have flexible arrangements. Even traditional companies like the likes of Siemens, retail organizations have said, yes, we are embracing now the flexible hours, we're going to allow people to come only three days to the office, study that, right? So it takes one key player to share or to open up the door and then the followers will come by. So I honestly feel it's the same way in regards to mental health, probably diversity and inclusion and belonging are is a bit more complex kind of issue. And so I don't know what exactly that would look like, but when it comes to the mental health 
there is a lot of progress. There is a lot of progress when it comes to mindset and uh, technology. So there are AI tools that are there. There are also VR tools that uh, support with different kind of scenarios. So this is already present. When is going to become mainstream? I wonder. And I am hopeful that, again, the likes of Google and other top players, not necessarily in the tech space, will be the ones to say, hey, that is a must. The same way you have salary and benefits, then you need to have that as part of your packages. Otherwise, people would say no to you. I'm really, really hopeful that that will be the case. And I kind of, maybe I'm just... um, very positive on that front, but I'm hopeful that this would happen sooner rather than later. Why not maybe this this year? Fingers crossed, genuine fingers crossed, because I think that's one thing that I would really like to see. Out of all of that, all the benefits, all the perks that companies give to their individuals in, in their, to their people in that space, I'd really like to see, and this is totally coming back to what we said earlier, I'd really like to see unlimited access to counseling and therapy sessions generally that's that's the one per if that was the one perk that they could give an organization organizations could give to their people in an unlimited format not six or eight but unlimited for example a session a week for an unlimited period of time as much as you want it because that's the ideal time yes you could you could do uh, sessions every every two weeks they still work but it's much better if you do it, it, it every 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 week i know that a lot of organizations are really good and uh, in giving people coaching like leadership coaching that's really cool but then it begs the question why do we give people that but we don't give them the support with the mental health and a lot of times the the the, the amount of coaching sessions leader, leadership coaching sessions which are also important absolutely that's one of the things i do with with my clients but it's so so important because we often take for granted that leadership is something that you just you just do nothing more wrong when it comes to that but we give more access to coaching sessions more unlimited stuff compared to mental health and i just i just really like to see that change and that sounds amazing you know why because what you just said about the leaders and the managers i think it should start with them particularly mid level management because these are the underlooked people in any organization these are the ones that have to Look after themselves, look after a team, uh, look after processes, operations, strategy, everything. And they are not really nurtured. Actually, when it comes to coaching, what I have seen, and, and thank you for bringing that up, coaching and, and mentoring, I'm seeing that at high level, right, at, at the most senior level, so let's say the C-suite, and then I'm seeing it on some kind of individual level for people who want to be very ambitious, proactive, and get to their next career. But I'm not seeing that as a massive practice. And I have I've did... A body of work with several quite large companies in the telecommunications, in fast-moving consumer goods and retail. And the mid-level doesn't even have exposure to any of those, let alone mental health support. Which if, if you set up the example, and that's always the thing, right? It's same with parenting. It's always exactly the same. If you are a thoughtful employer, you would start with the people who set the example. And that's not, yeah, of course, it's the sea level, but let's be honest, they can absolutely afford that. Why not you, Why don't you start with the people that need it the most, which are these stretched managers, brand new managers that are super enthusiastic. They're still in that, uh, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm really amazed by the opportunities in front of me, but I don't have the time and space. Maybe they already have a family. 
and they don't have the the space and the time to dedicate to to find a, a counselor. But if you use that during your working hours, then maybe that would work magic. It's not so difficult to implement. It's just a matter of changing the mindset and really finding the right providers, honestly. And and as you said unlimited access to that same way like netflix were the first one to say unlimited holidays for some companies that worked magic right so why not why don't we trial that and see where it's going to lead us how can people abuse counseling i genuinely don't know that's a good point. I didn't, I didn't think of that. Yeah, because we do have the tendency to abuse things that we're given in, in some cases. But yeah, I don't think you can abuse it without having a benefit out of it. And as a result, the organization having a better benefiting from that as well. Because the better mental health of the ind- of the individuals within the organization, the the healthier the organization, I think. And this, it just reminded me of this. This It's not a quote. It's kind of a, a, disc- it's a description of a conversation or, or between... Uh, a CFO and a C- CEO, and it goes something uh, like this: that the CEO, the CFO says, "What happens if we invest all this money in bettering our people, creating better lives for them, better, you know, improving them and investing in them, and they leave?" And the CEO says, "What happens if they st- if we don't and they stay?" And I'm going, "Wow, you know what? That is that is so true, and that's so, such a." simplistic way of looking at the situation that I, but yet so powerful yep absolutely and i and i absolutely agree with that i mean ultimately you can't stop people from leaving but if you create an environment where they feel happy they're looked after they belong regardless of what their background is and i've said that multiple times I'm, i've seen it in a very conservative traditional country like Bulgaria. I've seen it in asia in singapore where i worked as well i've seen it in the us and in ireland People, every single human wants to feel important, impactful. They want to know that they're supported, accepted as who they are. That is global. It's absolutely international. And if you show that you care about their overall health, right? It's a holistic picture. Um, That's why people were pushing initially for remote work. It was related to their mental health. But people, like a lot of the traditional managers were saying, no. I can't control you. I don't see you. So how am I supposed to know that you are performing well? Well, let's be honest. Like they can be on their computer in the office pretending to be very serious and then playing a a, a virtual game. I mean, people will always manipulate. And that's why I said you can't abuse the, the health provider or you can't abuse, you know, counseling sessions. That's like getting free delivery of fruits and veggies. What's the worst that could happen? overeating fruits and veggies or maybe sharing with your family and friends wow if that's bad then i don't know what's perception of good and bad right i'm thinking about it still about what they can do but the the, the only argument that against this is because that or that they will the, the bill would be large yeah okay it would be for the sessions but then also have it pay as you go that you you find a provider that charges you session used rather than uh, an allocation that if it's unused and there are so many things that you 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 could figure out you can do and that you can as as you said trial see what see what works and the thing the thing about remote working that you said you're absolutely right and it actually used to piss me off for for many many years when i used to work for for different organizations i loved my job loved the people i worked with no doubt about that but it annoyed me that i had to clock in and clock out no matter what what i was doing what was there to do because there's always work to do, right? Um, in reality, 
true. But there's also peaks of work and troughs when there's less work to do. And just and that's that's what we deserve because we need to kind of mobilize ourselves to to be able to deliver our hundred and twenty percent every now and again when that's required. But when there's a low season or off season, however you want to call it, I shouldn't feel like I have to you know find things to do to justify my time. But I still have to go into the office. And I'm talking. Don't get me wrong. I'm talking about healthy situations, healthy attitudes with good work ethics. That's the type of people I'm describing. I'd like to think I'm in that category. That. If I wake up one morning and say, you know what, actually, I just genuinely don't fancy going into the office. I just don't feel like there's no need for me to be in the office. I'd rather stay at home and just do bits and bobs here. And I'll be in a better mood. I'll do probably a little bit less than I would in the office, arguably, but I'll still do stuff. I'm not going to be skiving for eight hours. Why Why can't we do that? Why can't organization do that? If, As I say, if the work ethic and the attitudes and, and the autonomy to control yourself and, and self-manage yourself is there... I think individual, and that's what used to that's what used to annoy me that I wasn't granted that. Maybe there's something that my employers knew about me or suspected about me that I didn't know. God knows, maybe. But I have always delivered things on time and and didn't miss deadlines and things didn't fall fall through the cracks miraculously on the days when I was uh, working from not the office but from home. So in a way, I'm glad for 2020 again for that happening because it was classic examples of as like, can we work remotely? No, no, we can't. It's not possible. We got too many processes. You can't do it from home. You need to have access to this and that in the office. Da 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 da. Knock knock. COVID 19, 20 March 2020. Everybody works from home. Oh, it can be done. Surprise, surprise. Realization. There, there you go. And, and that reveals only something that was inevitable. Absolutely. Remote was coming anyway. It was, it was a massive, massive wave. And it was going to come for sure. But in the end of the day, COVID just sped up things. And ultimately, even, even those managers who were afraid to let go, who were, you know, the control freak kind of scenario they realized oh okay well that probably requires me to take on some additional skills instead of expecting that trust will be built over time well now i have to trust people so there you go a new learning curve again going back to the middle management people weren't equipped with the ways to measure effectively on individual level on a group level you said it yourself you always deliver it on time so why do you have to beg for remote work why do we have to go on a guilt trip when we're working from home people are like oh yeah she'll be just watching netflix all the time i actually ended up working longer hours because i was so concentrated there weren't chit chat phones constantly around me because i was in sales environment things are absolutely possible if you establish the right processes if you have the right behaviors you said it yourself hey i am a grown-up person i don't have to be controlled from that perspective micromanagement is that lonely flexibility yeah amen amen i've got genuinely couldn't agree more with you i'm trying to agree more with you but i just cannot it's it's it's, it's amazing and are we we've just been clinging on to that and the, the the thing is like when you've got situations like like we did last year and like we continue to have to a certain extent yeah you adapt if you don't yeah you're one of those companies that that doesn't 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 survive in the long term and actually as we were talking about just completely going away from the, the topic of people the two organizations that came to my mind powerful organizations amazing innovative innovative organizations companies in their time that one of them doesn't exist anymore and the second is just marginal basically and the one that doesn't exist is kodak 
the film and cameras company that used to be, everybody used to know him for like in 60s, 70s and 80s and 90s. He was a number one. They had so many patterns when it comes to photography. Amazing. Gone. Bust. And Apple, Google, Facebook, and the, them, them lot are just gobbling up the, the, the patterns because Kodak failed to, to innovate and kind of keep up with the times. Nokia, the same, completely missed the trick with smartphones. Completely missed it. I'm sorry, but the stuff that they've been releasing in the past five or 10 years trying to catch up is just... And I, I did have a work Nokia phone, uh, smartphone, sorry, for, for a few years. Hardly ever took it out. Genuinely, it was... No. It did have an amazing camera, though. It did have a 42 megapixel camera. It was insane. The pictures on that were insane. But the, the camera bump, uh, you know how people are complaining about the camera bumps on the new iPhones? Yeah, get that Nokia. I don't remember what it was. Just Google Nokia smartphone 42 megapixel camera and you'll find out. It was huge. Wow. So, well, there you go. There you go. I mean, it, ultimately, innovation and uh, we know that from history, if we look back, in, in all of these challenging times um, of uncertainty, of Black Plague, Black Death, or, or you know, the plague, or, or any other kind of sicknesses or challenges, wars, after that, all of a sudden, the smart companies, countries, people experience blooming in terms of technology, in terms of new opportunities, processes, etc. So I do feel that this is a silver lining. I do feel that we we need to figure out the best ways to incorporate this new knowledge into how we work, how we live, how we operate, make it better, make it more friendly for us as humans and also for the people around us. Because it is shown now with homeschooling and with all of this stuff. Obviously, Deliveroo and the likes of Amazon are, are absolutely on top of their games. But we realize we are so dependent on so many things happening in the world. So many countries working well. When China shut down, immediately that impacted so much. It was crazy. We realized how dependent we are from one another. There's, there's no denying that. Absolutely, there's not. And that's why I think that's why a lot of people struggle because, yeah, we're bigging up remote working and this is so amazing. Yes, it is. But also it's got massive drawbacks and that are really scary. The, the positive burnout and, and the boundaries being blurred between work and home, to name two examples. But the other one is the social interaction. That's, that's, a, that's a tricky one. I've got so many friends who are extroverts and they're, they're struggling big time. I'm a, I'm a mixture of kind of introvert, extrovert, depending on the, the situation. Working from home hasn't been, been that much of a big deal for me as a, as, a, as, a, as a difficulty. But I know that a lot of people are struggling. It, it's, it, we need to go back to, to the offices at some point. And I think I'm, I'm more than certain. I don't think we'll go fully remote. And I don't think we'll go back to offices. I think it's going to be a hybrid approach. That's kind of my take on it. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is the most realistic one and the most adequate element and uh, the element of choice as well. And and already a lot of companies are talking about that. Salesforce recently announced that Google already has that in place that people will be able to choose. And you have to make this kind of judgment call what suits you best, what will be the best case scenario for you on individual level, which should have been the case anyway, but okay, better late than ever. Hybrid, hybrid would be, I think, a healthy balance between the two worlds. Yeah, definitely. I think so. I think so too. It will be interesting to see how things develop. And I'm just hoping, I'm just honestly hoping that some organizations don't just go back to the way things were because undoing all the progress, because there's been a lot of progress made in a lot of elements of how we run our organizations, how we treat people in them. And I just, I just, it would be a travesty if we did 
go back. Just like, yep, yeah, it's done. Let's go back. But that's that's the interesting thing. I've actually seen people, heard so many stories of employees going, quitting their jobs, quitting their jobs because the the organization said, actually, we're going back to the office. We're just now that set hours and X, X, Y, Z and this, all that. And people are going, no, doesn't fit with my anymore. Sorry, that's not what I'm looking for. I'd love to work for you. But if that, if that's the case, if we can't work out an agreement of some sort here, then I'm I'm just going to, I don't have a job to go to, but I'm just going to go. Absolutely. And I'm going, well done. Yes. Well done. And that's that's not one or two people, right? This is an absolute tendency everywhere. I literally had this conversation this morning with, with an ex-director of mine that I used to work with. And she was asking, okay, it seems like th- there are specific countries, particularly in Eastern Europe, that it's incredibly difficult to you know hire them because the market is small, it, it's a lot of competition, etc. So do you think if we introduce a fully remote policy that would help? And I said, yes, because Bulgarian employers don't want that. They don't like it. They don't feel comfortable with it. The minute you say, hey, we don't care where you're based within the country, you can be in in a village in the mountain or you can be on the beach sipping Caipirinha. We don't care. As long as you are committed to this job, this, this company, off you go. This is absolutely pleasure to to hear for a lot of engineers, salespeople, marketeers, etc. So this should be the way. And because people are starting to demand it, finally we see transition to, oh, maybe I should be more flexible, right? So going back to my, my last quote, long live the flexibility, that this will be the companies that will survive, thrive, and they'll get the best people. That's it. Definitely, definitely they will. You know, I love these type of conversations when, where we kind of talk about these things that I think they are no longer being, they're not no longer idealistic thinking because things like that are happening. So that's, it's, it can't be idealistic if it's happening in reality. We're just talking about a different future where we want more of this. We say we're grateful for what's going on. We're grateful for what's happening and all the improvement that's happening. But basically, we politely are asking for more. But when I have these conversations, I often catch myself thinking, am I crazy? Am I unhinged thinking this, having this attitude of wanting things to be this way because I know that we can do better? And I genuinely doubt myself a lot of the time, just going, you know what? No, Lex, you're nuts. You're nuts. It's just you're just hitting your head against a brick wall. And sometimes it's tough and my head hurts. But you know what? I'm going to keep banging on that on that wall. I'm going to keep banging on that wall as long as you can. I don't know. How do you feel about that? Do you have that impression every now and again? Always. And I, I think this is this is so important. I am exactly the same. And obviously, people stick to people who are similar to them in terms of mindset and ideology. But I am always on the opinion, you should never be okay with okay. If, if, if you create a comfort zone, great, perfect, well done. But what are you learning? How are you pushing yourself to explore new stuff? I've always believed in taking chances and risking it. And you can see that looking even at at my profile, uh, the countries I lived in, the type of companies, very different one from another. I honestly believe that if we all continue to push for better, 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 we will be better, right? But if, if we are happy with what we have and that's it, we don't want anything more than that, at some point, I think there will be a sense of unfulfillment, a sense of I'm missing out. 
and I am not going to quote YOLO, okay? I don't believe that you need to um, live as, as if it's your last day because let's be honest, I mean, that doesn't sound like a thing that I would proclaim everywhere. But I think you should live in a, in a way where, okay, what's next? What more can I do? How can I improve myself? How can I help someone else to improve themselves? So it's, 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 a big, it's the bigger picture, honestly. It's not just for me or just for you. It's how we can together go towards better things. So that's why when I talk to people, nothing is radical. Everything is gray. Nothing is black and white only. We need to figure out what is a good common ground. And I'm not about democracy. I'm not about creating an environment where everyone has their saying. I'm about environment where everyone wants to be a better version. The only thing I would add to that is yes push yourself to to be better continue to grow because if you if you're not growing you're going backwards we we all know that but there are t- times in life and in in work or private life is where where you are it is okay providing you kind of just look around and like you know I'm happy here everything's working out I, I can pause I'm content I need a bit of a break that balance that we talked about so I think it's important to push yourself and continue striving for more kind of pushing that yardstick but also recognizing when when there's time to have a have a bit of a breather and not to just because then what we what I often see people do is they 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 achieve what they've been working for for the past six months and you know it it's done day passes and they go on to the next thing they actually haven't stopped to enjoy what they've achieved. And that's that's missing a trick. It's like climbing a mountain for days at a, at a stretch, going up Mount, Mount Everest for, you know, weeks and months to be to, to reach the top, literally going to the top, tapping it and going down, not even stopping to breathe and going, shit, I'm on top of the world, literally. And I think that's that's something that's missing, that just just appreciating what you've got, what you've achieved and what you've been working on. Because we, we all work on so many exciting projects. We all work on so many projects that we just need to do. That's just part of life. You, you know, it's not, it's nice to have, it would be a lie to think that we can only work on the things that we enjoy. That's, that's, it's, that's, that's part of it. Working on the shitty ones, things that needs to be done, the groundwork, has to be done. Nothing has nothing about. When you when you truly work on something that you're excited about and you're devoting so much time to it week after week after week after week, just stop at the end and just marvel at what you've achieved. Or if you failed, just stop and <laughs> tell yourself that it's it's fine to screw up every now and again, that thing don't work out. And just think of what what you can learn from that. And then stop and think, yeah, okay, I'm going to take a breather. I need a bit of a break and I'll come back to it. I'll pick it up where, 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 I, where I left off. That's it. You can't constantly run. There is no creature in the world that can constantly run. You have to slow down, stop, recover, look at the environment around you, see if there are any threats, if there is opportunity to just relax and chill, as you said, take a breather, and then you move on, right? So that's that's the marathon journey. Life is never about running constantly. Gosh, unless you're a criminal, I don't know. But in, in general, there is no sustainability of your energy, of yourself, uh, if you continuously run without stopping. It's your, your, your organs will fail, to say the least. And then you, we know that the brain is, is that magnificent organ that hasn't been explored properly, but... If we talk about becoming better, as you said, and and really developing this neuroplasticity, you really can go to a level where you'd understand why you need the breaks. 
how to have successful breaks, how not to dwell so much in the past or constantly project in the future how to be here and now as well, which doesn't happen all the time, doesn't happen everywhere to everyone. But I mean, at least you have to give it a go and you owe that to yourself and every human being should should do that. I do a lot of generalizations, but I, I firmly believe that we do have the capacity to figure things out, whether on our own or as you and I are doing very successfully with the help of, of a professional, but at least you need to figure out how to do it. It's me again. Just one more thing before you take off. Head over to human.pm forward slash we got this. That's all one word where you can find this and previous episodes show notes, suggest a guest or topic, ask a question or join the community of other listeners. Until next time.